Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the True Wealth Podcast, where we discuss the well-being of a Christian business owner and the different facets of growing a business, all from a Christian perspective. So where is this belief system of, well, Jesus, Jesus loves me. He really does. And because he does, he would never let me like suffer, like sink financially. Right. Do that to me. Now I coach people and I've seen people all the way to their like sixties, seventies who they, they, Oh, this is another belief. I'll give one more belief. So just remind me, there's a third one I have to mention. Okay. But so their 60s and 70s, they never took the time to learn how to plan their money. Like they never took the time to address the mindset that had been keeping money away from them. They never took this time to do this stuff, but they kept on going, God's going to, God's going to come through. God's going to come through. And then it breaks my heart. Because it's like, I now have this conversation with them at 65, where they say, it's time for retirement. There's nothing, nothing in my savings account. I am in debt by 30,000, 100,000. I have a mortgage and this is it. Like, this is it. And it's like this wake up call that time gives that I, I can say, guys, it sucks. Like there's no professional word for how much it it sucks for that person to come face to face with the fact that yes, God loves you. Yes, he takes care of you, but he did not create you to survive on miracles. He created you to be able to figure this out. It's almost like if you think about a parent who has a child, And we say, well, the parent loves this child. The baby hasn't learned to walk, so the parent carries the baby. Baby starts getting older. They're one-year-old, two-year-old, three-years-old. This parent doesn't let the baby walk because I don't want them to fall. When you try to walk, you're going to fall on your face, and I don't want them to get hurt, so I'm just going to carry them for the next little while. And so this parent does it until this baby is maybe eight years old, still doesn't know how to walk because they've never tried it on their own. Any of us that would see a situation like that, we'd be like, that's abuse. Like, what What do you mean that this parent didn't let the child just learn how to walk? And yet that's how we think about God. We assume or imagine that he is this Santa Claus that is not interested in our growth and our learning financial principles and our seeing where we are holding ourselves back. And he's just going to throw money at us no matter what we do with it. And that belief really holds us back. Like I, I, I believed it. I, a lot of these things is where I started. Right. I um, agree with you. Yeah. And, and God asked me when I was in ministry, I remember one day Holy Spirit asked me, uh, what would you do with surplus? And I, I wasn't thinking about money. Remember back then I thought money was evil. So I just didn't even, money wasn't even in my thoughts. <laughs> So out of nowhere, Holy Spirit goes, what would you do with surplus? I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) When Jesus asked you, what are you going to do with extra money? He's trying to give you some extra money. So this is a great question. 
And I remember writing down on paper because I wanted to show him how like much he could trust me with money and what I would do with it. So I wrote down what I would do by percentages. Cause I was like, I don't know how much this surplus is going to be. So let me do a hundred percent and just break it down by percent. And now that I've learned what I've learned about money, I look back to that paper. I found the paper and I said, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. That you did not give me money back. I'm sure when I filled that paper, he said, oh, you ain't ready. Mm-hmm. Because with my percentages, all that money would have been finished. And mm. then once it's finished, I would have come back to him to say, God, give me more surplus. Because I hadn't learned the principles of multiplying wealth. I hadn't learned all these principles. And so it's like, this is a big roadblock that holds so many people back because we assume that because God loves us, he's not interested in our growth, but he is. And he's often waiting on us to learn stewardship so that we can he can trust us with more and more wealth. I can definitely agree with that because when I look back, I've been a financial uh, I've been in the financial industry for what twelve years now, and one of the things I think back was we almost believe that. Well, you know what? Um, this is what God has called me to do. So I'm just going to keep struggling. God will make it work. God will make it work. That's but the, right. But the more I I moved myself out of my comfort zone, I started to try things. Some of them failed miserably at that. But in that failure, um, there was some nugget of truth that I found in that. And God used that to open another door. And as God opened another door... I tried a whole bunch of other stuff. Some worked, some failed. And, but in some of those failures, I found some nuggets that worked. And so slowly, I started to break those barriers. And before I knew it, I looked back and I realized how far I had come. And if, but if I did not, if I did not move out of my comfort zone, if I did not push myself to surround myself with those who are once again, we think within our confines of who we are exposed to and who we go to church with, who our friends and family in. But if I did not break out of my comfort zone to how are those who are successful doing it? What are the things that they are doing, especially in the Christian market? Because it's one thing when we look at the world and say, oh, yeah, you know, I don't want to do that with my money. But if we seek, there are people all around us. Some of them in our local churches are given six five figures a month to the local yeah. church but like, that person must be doing something right with <laughs> money. exactly and sometimes we, we we like to limit ourselves oh they got it from their parents yeah or it's because they were you know their parents they, they they generational wealth it's generational wealth and we just make excuses but if only we take the time to learn and break that cycle and that mindset of just because going back to your your second point that uh, just because I'm a Christian, God's going to take care of me. Yeah, God's going to take care of your needs. I agree with that. But we are called to more. We are called to impact the lives of those around us. And there's a lot that still needs to be done. And the truth is the gospel runs on money. Yep. Right. How are we able to help those who um, are struggling with? Do I 
Do I do I have an abortion or not? There are this there are this organizations out there that help counsel those those young women who are going through that cycle. But for those counselors to be available, those counselors need to be paid. <laughs> but for those counselors to be paid, somebody has to be able to pay them. Somebody That's has to right. be able to fund them. That's right. What is and, that with you? And it applies to like even worship songs. Like, you know, we listen to worship songs. Right. And we're like, oh, that's my jam. Oh, the presence of God is in here. And it's like, listen, I, I'm a professional musician for years. That worship song did not come to you without tens of thousands of dollars in production, studio fees. Like it's an anointed song, but it would have remained an anointed song in the one church. That nobody heard of. Money. Exactly. Outside of money. Like money is what they use to produce it. Even today, all of us, we have our Bibles. Money printed the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't just show up for free. Um, money affects your ability to be free in your mind, to even hear what God is calling you to do, and then to fully obey him in that thing. Money impacts your family. Mm-hmm. Like I've talked to so many people who have actually walked away from the Lord because they watched their parents give everything to a church but not manage money well and they didn't have food they didn't have socks i literally remember one woman telling me like she was like what what kind of a god would tell my mom to give all her money to the church and then we didn't have food to eat for most of my childhood like and and she was just like that doesn't seem healthy that doesn't make sense and and it wasn't until she got exposed to what the bible says like we are meant to care for our family that's a priority for god that's right when you start to see what the bible really says and you're like okay this can be a witness it can be a witness to, to others. And it's not saying that you're closer to God because you have money. It doesn't go either way on this, guys. Right. And I think that's the fear that so many people get into is, well, I, I don't want to, I don't want to present this imagery that the blessing of God only looks like wealth. No, the blessing of God is in every area of our lives mm-hmm. and it includes wealth. Wow. And that's the thing that we just need to stop being so afraid of because the truth is there's people around us that don't have access to the opportunities that you have. If you're listening to this podcast, you run a business or you work in a job, like you currently have an opportunity that many people may not ever get access to. There's people in our world that don't even have access to opportunity. And then you think about that opportunity and with that opportunity comes a responsibility to do the best with what Mm -hmm. we've been given and to make the best of what we've been given so that we can be a voice and reach back. You're right. So um, you said you were going to talk about a third, a third 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 belief. I got to say this one because this is, this one is right in the Christian community. And guys, I am talking to you. Hear me very well. Okay. Stop whatever you're doing. Pay attention right now. This is a myth that a lot of people believe, which is I will, um, pray, tithe, and give my way out of struggle. Mm, mm, now, mm, mm, mm. I will pray, tithe, <laughs> and give. The first, <laughs> the first time I heard this, you know, one, one of my mentors said, you know, you cannot pray, tithe, and give your way to wealth. And the first time he said it, I was like, "Erps," you know, like I had been listening to this dude. He was a believer. He was a pastor. He was a millionaire, um, became a millionaire from working and getting his like, he helped like hundreds of people in his church become millionaires. Um, and when he said, you cannot pray tithe and give your weight to wealth. I was like, 
Oh, hold up. No, you don't go there. <laughs> what about Malachi? What about what about exactly. this? What about this in the Bible? If I just tithe, then God's going to pour it back in. Mm. But then me and my husband started to talk, right? Because we were really like, I don't know about this. And we just asked ourselves a simple question. We said, how many people do we know who pray the most, tithe very faithfully, and give over and above almost all the time, but are still stuck in struggle? We were number one on that list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. We had done the fasting. We had done the praying. We had done the scriptures. We had done the declarations. We had done the tithing consistently. We've done the giving, and we were still stuck. So when we and most of the people we knew were in that boat as well, and so we just were like practical with ourselves, and we're like, wait, let's listen to this guy because practically, truthfully, if we're going to be really honest with ourselves, it's been working. It's not working. It's not working for many people. And so why do I mention that? Because often that's just what we think. We think once we've done those three things, we're good and money should just flow in. But the truth is, guys, that is one of five different laws of money. So Ooh. it's like trying to book, trying to bake a cake with a half of the recipe. So I want to bake a cake. I got the eggs. But why is it why is it frying? Why is it not coming into a cake? Because mm -hmm. you don't have flour, you don't have sugar, you don't have all the other things, ingredients for that cake. Giving is important. Like giving is a big cornerstone for making God the CEO of your company. Giving is a big cornerstone, even for people who are not Christian. People who are not believers will give a percentage of the income that comes into their business because they understand that giving is a law of money. Right. Giving is one law of money. And if you haven't invested in yourself and the time to find out the other laws of money, then you're wasting your time doing one thing and expecting all the outcomes to come from it. Will it work now and then? Yes. But that's the miracle diet. That's not a sustainable diet. Mm -hmm. And there was something you said, Sean, that was really powerful. And I, I, I wanted to um, just mention, oh, man, uh, it just slipped my mind. But just to say, guys, you have to you have to pay attention to what you oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's what I wanted to say. Sharon said this. You said you had to get uncomfortable. Right. You have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone to learn and do the things that you've been able to do. And I wanted to say the same thing. Like Things began to change for me when I decided to invest into myself and get a get a coach. Like I remember for so long, my business was making a good fat amount of zero dollars or five hundred dollars in a month. And that's why we were struggling. And we got to a point where I was like, why don't I go uh, get a business coach? And people would assume that when we ran out of food, our first go to was let's go find money for food. No. Literally immediately when my husband told me he had been having chocolates, I said, we need help because if I've been doing this business and I've been giving it everything I know, I remember I had watched 20 free webinars that month alone, 20 free webinars. I said, if it was working, this business would have money and we'd have food. That's right. But if the 20 free webinars have not produced the outcome I'm looking for, it's time for us. And we literally challenged ourselves to go and find money to invest in the right people 
so that they could show us how to get things done. And so that's something I want to say is like, challenge yourself, ask the difficult questions and then step out, trust the process, but do not think that you are going to change it all by yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I actually think that God set it up this way to keep us humble. Ever since that December 2016 till today, I have not had a day that I don't have a coach. I, the finance neuroscience coach, have a coach. I have Mm -hmm. many coaches today. I have many mentors today because I understand that there's always a blind spot because I am a human being first. That's right. We always have to surround ourselves with those who, uh, one, have our best interests at heart, but two know a whole lot more than we do because once again we're where we are because we we're stuck in this place and when you're stuck in this place you can only see be you cannot see beyond where you are and so what coaches do and even what people like myself do when i work in my advice with, with my clients is i show them the blind spot like look at this this is what you're doing i begin to see things in their lives in their money in the way they think and the way and the decisions they make that led them to that point but without me there they would not have seen those things. It. And or, so, or it takes them 10 years. 10 years. You know, some people will say, oh, but eventually I'll figure it out. And it's like, yeah, but do you want to wait 10 years and lose that time that you could have been investing your money? You could have been doing so much with it, just l- reinventing the wheel and learning it yourself. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and one of the things, and I, I have to agree with you completely on that, is one of the things that helped me was when I started to, you know, when you start a business, Initially, you're there's there's not a lot of money, and so you're scrimping, you're scraping, you're looking to okay save money here and there. And believe me when I say this, saving is a great thing. Yes, but there's I agree. some but there's some things you cannot skimp on, and that's and that's personal development, having yes. the right people. If you have to pay for them, and that's why sometimes when I tell my wife when I'm going through my my financials, and I and she looks and she sees how much I spend, she said you you spend that much. I'm like, yeah. It's like why? If I didn't spend that much money on that, I wouldn't have this. this. (laughs) I would not have this. Trust me when I say that. Listen, I a thousand percent agree because I believe that the onus is making yourself a good investment. Right. Right. Because anybody I, I like you mentioned, we've invested hundreds of thousands into developing ourselves. That's why we have a multimillion dollar company is because we were willing to say, look, what what do I what room do I need to get in to hear what I need to hear to make the changes to do it easily without killing myself, without trying to reinvent the wheel. And when you do that, it's like make yourself a good investment. When I get in a room, I'm here to learn everything you've got, mm-hmm. implement everything you're saying, What which one works, which one doesn't work for my company. But it's, if I'm not in the room, there's no option. Right. And many people say, but I can't afford to get in the room because of blank. And the truth is, if you're anyone who knows me knows, I always say there's no excuse. If I started where we didn't have food, like when you don't have food, you need to understand that that's the last thing on your list that goes Everything else goes before food goes. And if we started from there and we did what we had to do to find the funds to actually get in a room to get help. And then from there, we started to implement that thing like 
like soldiers and then came out of that place it's like you're never stuck and i really want to encourage you if you're listening to this and you feel like you know what i feel like i've been stuck for a long time but i don't feel like i have the capital to do whatever i got to do you're not stuck that's a belief there is always a way for the committed that's right so for those who are listening today who run businesses and they realize there's a lot of potential there but there's still key things missing and the topic of this was how to make God CEO. So what are the practical steps that a biz that a business owner can start to take? They're doing well, but they know that they can jump, they can they can do better. What are, give give us two quick things that or three whatever that number is, they can do to make to begin to make that difference. Hmm. Well, the first thing that I would say is stop doing what's not working. Like take a real inventory, be honest, be brutally honest with yourself to say, what have I been trying to do that hasn't worked, but because everyone else is doing it and it's so normalized, I just, just have been in the rut of doing it. Notice those things and then make a decision to shift whatever and adapt whatever needs to be adapted so that you start to see that improvement the second thing is you have to discover what beliefs do i have that could be limiting my impact and i say limiting because for some of you you're doing very well and we've worked with some of the top earners in canada some of the top earners in america and we find like they come in they're already multi-millions ahead of others but they know that their potential is so much higher. And for some reason they've plateaued at this specific level. And so you need to now have that honest conversation with yourself and say, what could I believe about the next level that I'm trying to get to that, that is holding me back from actually getting there. And then once you discover what you believe around that thing, you have to address it. You have to shift it. Like you can't just, okay, now I see that I believe that, you know, if I go from 50 million a year to a hundred million a year, that's where I'm going to lose sight of God or it's going to take all my time and I'm not going to have time for my family. Like if, if I have that belief, you can't just look at the belief and then move on. You, you have, have to, to act on now, it. Yeah. You have to actually now address it uproot it from your subconscious so that you can do the work and receive what you're aiming for. The, the last thing that I would say, or the, the maybe fourth thing, and I'll do five. The fourth thing I would say is honestly, guys, stop waiting for a miracle. God is a miracle working God. And I love it when he does miracles, Amen. but a miracle is not a diet. A miracle is supposed to be the icing on the cake. You need to be able to take inspired action based on what you know so far. You need to be able to start to implement some stuff to actually see that change come in. And that's where we talk about like different iterations of strategy for whatever your goal is to make sure that you're actually getting closer and not just waiting for one strategy to all of a sudden miraculously come through. And then the last thing that I would say that you can do right now, which is exactly what Sharon was talking about, is investing in mentorship, coaching, or advising. Receiving input from somebody that's going to be able to speak to you, see your blind spots, and say, here's what you can adjust and adapt to get where you're trying to go. Wow. That's a whole mouthful. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. And... um we're reading it, which at the top of the hour. We're, um, I'm not going to hold you on too long, but before you go, I want you to talk uh, for a minute about your book uh, because I think 
um, a lot of the stuff we talk about, we can find them in your book so that um, so that our listeners can start to at least dig into some of these things on their own. And then two, how and where people can find you. Awesome. So the name of my book is Money Mindset Shift, Nine Myths That Keep Christians Stuck Financially um, and How to Shift Out of It. Let me, I, I can't even remember the title because we're in the middle of a move. I normally have it right in front of me. But Money Mindset Shift, Nine Myths That Keep Christians Stuck Financially and How to Break Free or something like that. So just Google it. You'll find me, Torian Crandall. Um, if you're looking for, for connecting with us, we actually offer free consultations to help people to see what the gaps are um, in, in shifting to the next level financially. And you're able to do that at toyandata.com slash connect. So toyandata.com slash connect. And we offer those free consultations on there. I will put her information in the show notes so you can see it. Tony, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. We're going to have you back on the show because we're not done talking. <laughs> I remember it. Okay, I got the name of my book, people, because that was embarrassing. I can't believe I forgot my own book. Money Mindset Shift, Church Edition, the top nine myths that keep Christians stuck financially and how to get unstuck, live debt-free, and build wealth guys there you, go. there you have it i will leave the notes in the show notes so you can go grab your copy tony awesome. thank you so much for joining us today it's been such a pleasure chatting with you we'll be back again on another topic take thank care. you so much Sean. it was an honor to be here bye everyone you're welcome thanks for listening to the true wealth podcast follow us on instagram twitter or facebook at true wealth pod you can get in touch by sending an email to podcast at truewealthpodcast.ca or by visiting truewealthpodcast.ca.